Have you been told that the pre-tribulation rapture of the church is a silly, unbiblical concept? Have you been assured that if the tribulation begins in your lifetime that you as a believer will have to endure all the horrors of it and that you will most likely be executed by the Antichrist? Well, I've got some very good news for you, so stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I have two colleagues here in the studio with me today, Nathan Jones, who is our internet evangelist, and Tim Moore, who is our associate evangelist. They are going to join me in discussing a new book of mine. It's one titled, The Rapture, Fact or Fiction. Actually, what they're going to do is grill me about the book, and that is why I am sitting here in the hot seat between the two of them. Okay, guys, let's go. All right, it's about time you're in the hot seat, Dave. So tell <laughs> us, why did you decide to write this book about the rapture? Well, because I was going through my library one day, and I have all the rapture books in one area, and I noticed that they fell into two categories. They were either academic, which are badly needed, or they were written for the general audience, but all those written for the general audience seem to run 450 pages or more. And the average person today doesn't read that much. So I thought, hey, why not try to put one together that's 100 pages or less that just gets right to the arguments for it, the objections to it, and a conclusion. And uh, so that was my goal, to try to put it in simple, understandable, down-to-earth language in 100 pages or less. And it came out to, I think, 104 pages. You were so right. close. But that's with the, that's with the uh, footnotes and all that sort of thing. Right. Actually, the text is less than 100 pages. You accomplished your goal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, well, let's look at the third section. You deal with objections, 13 in particular, about the rapture. Uh, one we get all the time when people write into the ministry that object to the concept of the rapture is they say, well, the word rapture can't be found in the Bible. So let's clarify that. I, I don't understand why people don't understand it. I tell you, I hear that so much that. Over all the time. The rapture is not in over. the Bible. It's not even in the Bible, therefore, it is not a biblical concept. Well, it is in the Bible, it, uh, it is in the Latin Bible. Okay. And uh, people need to understand that uh, something does not have to be in the English Bible for it to be right. <laughs> considered uh, uh, biblical. Uh, the, the King James Version, for example, has been in use since 1611, which makes it 500 years old. But the Bible before that was what was called the Latin Vulgate, Vulgate meaning the common Latin. And it existed 1,200 years. For 1,200 years that was the Bible of Western civilization. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17, it uses the word rapture to refer to the fact that Jesus is going to appear and take the church out of the world. Now, wait a minute. I read that. It says, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up caught together up. with them in the clouds right. and meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. I'm not reading the word rapture there. Well, you're not reading the Latin version. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. it's in the Latin. Okay. I've also heard it interpreted snatched away. Well, no, snatched instantaneous. That's what it means. Rapture means snatched away. Okay. It means taken out. It means caught up. Uh, that's what it means. So, in English we use two words like caught up or snatched away. And so, uh, since we like to talk in shorthand, we just use the Latin word rapture. But you know, I grew up in a, an amillennial church 
where we were taught that uh, Jesus was never going to come back and reign on this earth. And certainly we never heard, I, I never heard one sermon in 30 years about the rapture. Not one. I had never any idea. If, if after going to church for 30 years you had asked me what, the, what is a rapture, I would have said a sensation you feel when your girlfriend kisses you because that's all I knew about the rapture. If you had asked me what Gog and Magog was, I'd probably said, well, I don't know, I guess it's the name of a comedy team. I don't know what, you know, it's amazing that I'm a Bible prophecy teacher because I was never taught Bible prophecy when I was growing up. And the rapture was certainly uh, one of the things that was uh, ignored. Well, that uh, leads to my question, Dave. You talk about in the olden days, people didn't really emphasize the rapture and you had a, an amillennial yeah. growing up uh, perspective. So, some would object that the pre-rapture tribulation, or excuse me, the pre-tribulation rapture, I'll say it correctly, is a concept too new to be true because they think the church fathers didn't deal with that kind of an idea, but you debunk that. Yeah, this, this is one of the major arguments against the pre-tribulation rapture. And, and let me just explain to people who are viewing that, that what we mean by pre-tribulation rapture is a rapture of the church, the church being taken out of the world before the tribulation yeah. begins. There's some people believe it's going to be in the middle. Some people believe it's going to be two-thirds of the way through. Some people believe it's going to be the same thing as the second coming. But we believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, church taken out before the tribulation begins. And um, yes, uh, people have often argued it is too new to be true because it did not come into being, this concept, until the 1820s in England with a man by the name of John Darby who uh, began to teach this. And so they say, well, it, it can't, it's too new to be true. Well, the thing that's interesting about that is that in the 1500s when uh, Martin Luther launched uh, the Reformation, uh, he launched it teaching that salvation is by grace through faith and not by works, because the Catholic Church was teaching then and now that it's by works. Yes. But he said, no, it's not by works, it's by salvation, by grace through faith. When he was called before the uh, Catholic authorities to defend his position, the one, number one argument they used was, sir, that is too new to be true. Yes. None of the church uh, fathers, none of the popes ever believed that, so it's too new to be true. And his response was, well, now wait a minute. All of the church fathers that I know of believed in it, and they said, who? He said, well, let's say John and Paul <laughs> and, right. and Jesus, <laughs> the real church fathers. It's true that the early church fathers in the 200s and 300s did not talk about a rapture, uh, but they talked about something else. They talked about imminence. Mm -hmm. They kept saying over and over, the return of the Lord is imminent. Now, now in those early years, as you well know, uh, they didn't spend a lot of time writing about Bible prophecy. They were concerned about how do you organize a church, how, do you, how does one church relate to another church, and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. uh, so, they didn't study Bible prophecy in detail. But they did talk about imminence, uh, that, that the coming of the Lord is imminent. Well, as you well know, the only way the coming of the Lord can be imminent is if there is a rapture that is separate Prior and apart the from the second coming. Because there's so many prophecies that have to be fulfilled before the second coming right. that we can't say the second coming is imminent. Interesting. For example, what prophecies have to be fulfilled before the second coming? Well, if we're talking Flawed about. your arm. Yeah, you're talking about seven years of the tribulation. The yeah. Antichrist has Antichrist. to rise. The Gog and Magog war has Temple to Temple has to be rebuilt. Temple has to be rebuilt. 21 judgments. The Jews have to be expelled to land. Matter of fact, Daniel gave us the calculation to the day that as soon as the Antichrist makes a treaty with Israel, that we know exactly seven, seven years, years of 30 day months equals. So you can count up exactly when Jesus returned, but the rapture, there's nothing related to the rapture. It's an exactly. imminent event. Nothing has so to come. So, if you only believe in the second coming, 
then the coming of Jesus is not imminent, and yet the Bible says it is imminent. Absolutely. So, well, can I ask you well, a let question? Me, let me about, just add something. Okay, to I want to ask you about Darby. And, and that is that um, there's another reason why this particular uh, idea did not develop until later on. Incident: the the the, the the defining aspect of any doctrine is not how old it is; it's no. whether or not it's biblical. Amen. Uh, Amen. We didn't come across salvation by grace through faith until the 1500s. But there's one thing that we need to understand, and that is the Bible itself says that Bible prophecy, end-time Bible prophecy, will not be understood until, until the, the time comes for it to be understood. There's another reason for its late development, and that is that all through the Middle Ages, the average person did not have a Bible. Uh, you, you couldn't afford a Bible. Bibles had to be handwritten. Only the church could afford them. And then they chained, elite, right? made it illegal for and people then, to And then they the wouldn't yeah, let they the people have it to the, the Bible. You know? they, they said to the people, uh, it's for the priest to tell you exactly. what the Bible means. So, and, and even if they had Bibles, they wouldn't have been able to read them. The average person in the Middle Ages was illiterate. They could not read or write. So, what it took for, for the... <laughs> For the revival of, of people getting really into the Bible and interpreting it, number one was public education. They had to, their, people had to be educated. Number two was the invention of the printing press. Yes. And number three uh, was uh, the availability of, of these Bibles and the freedom to read them and in their own languages. Uh, that was very important to get the Bible into the language of the people. And when that started, guess what? People said, hey, the Bible says Jesus coming back is going to reign for a thousand years. We believe he's going to happen. Hey, the Bible says there's going to be a pre-tribulation rapture. We believe it. We believe it. it. <laughs> the Bible says it. So there's a it. reason why yeah. this did not develop until late. What about this Margaret McDonald, supposedly a demon-possessed girl who was telling John Darby that she had been told by demons or whatnot, although she didn't say it, it was demons, that she was teaching about the pre-trib rapture, and that's the source of the pre-trib rapture. Did you Where have did to bring that? her up? Did you just Well, have you to? did bring up Darby, and as soon as you say Darby, yes. people say Margaret McDonald. I had believed in the pre-trib rapture okay. for probably 15 years before somebody walked up to me and said, didn't you know that started with a little girl who was demon-possessed in Scotland? And I thought, what are you talking about. So, they handed me a book by Dave McPherson written in 1973 called The Unbelievable Pre-Trib Origin. And this is something that this man conjured up that this little girl who was demon possessed came up with this. And he's written six books on that, all of which were the same book except they changed Change the, the titles. titles. Right. And it, and so, I got the book, I read it. And then in the, there was an appendix at the back that has the vision that she supposedly had. I read the vision. And I read the vision, and I read the vision, and I read the vision, and to this day I read the vision. I have never found a pre-tribulation rapture in it. No, it's not and, in there and at all. There was, recently there was a group in California that presented a four-hour video attacking the rapture. Yes. I mean, they were attacking it with everything they had. And in this video they over and over and over showed a girl sitting in a rocking chair ranting and raving and saying all this story with Margaret McDowell. Till they get to the end of four hours. And then the guy looked right in the camera and said, you know, we have to say at the end here that um, actually we can't really say that it came from Margaret MacDonald because her vision is convoluted and not really capable of being understood. <laughs> duh. <laughs> I want to yell, duh. <laughs> I, I think this just proves that people are so misguided. Yeah, grasping, they're grasping, grasping. But Satan himself wants people to be misled because he does not want them looking to Jesus Christ. It gives hope. It gives hope. And so he wants them chasing after every other kind of thing instead of focusing on Jesus Christ and His imminent return. 
You can obtain a copy of Dr. Reagan's new book about the rapture, plus a copy of his 90-minute video in defense of the pre-trib rapture for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. The book contains answers to 21 of the most frequently asked questions about the rapture, and it provides Dr. Reagan's responses to the 13 most common objections. Additionally, the book begins with explanations about what happens when you die and what will happen on the day of the rapture to both the living and the dead. The book ends with an uplifting, inspirational presentation about the blessings of the Bible's promise of a pre-trib rapture. The book is written in Dr. Reagan's usual, down-to-earth, easy-to-understand style. The book runs 104 pages in length. The hour-and-a-half video contains interviews with many of Christendom's most outstanding experts on the rapture. It focuses on the biblical evidence that the rapture will take place before the tribulation begins. Those interviewed include Tommy Ice, Andy Woods, Mark Hitchcock, William Watson, Charles Ryrie, and Tim LaHaye. These study resources, both the book and the video, can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just request special offer number 896. You can place your order through our website at lamblion.com or call the office at the number you see on the screen. If you call, please do so between Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our discussion of Dr. Reagan's newest book, The Rapture, Fact or Fiction. All right, Dave, so what are some of the arguments that you would offer that would support a rapture prior to the tribulation? Well, I have a lot, but I'll just mention two right offhand. One is that the Bible promises that those of us who have put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ are not going to be subject to the wrath of God. The entire tribulation period is the pouring out of the wrath of God from the beginning of it to the end of it. And there is no reason for us to be here. We are protected from the wrath of God. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 10 says that Jesus is coming from heaven uh, who rescues us from the wrath that is to come. And there are uh, several uh, verses like that in the uh, New Testament that talk about how we're going to be protected from the wrath that is to come. For example, in Revelation 3 oh, and verse, verse 10. My favorite. Go ahead. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. And that is the reference to the tribulation. The Lord will keep the church protected before the tribulation begins. That's right. And then the other one that I wanted to mention is the focus of the tribulation. The focus of the tribulation is on the Jewish people. Yes, it's going to be on the whole world, but the number one focus is the Jewish people. This is part of Daniel's 70 weeks of years in which he's dealing with the Jewish people. And what happened is that at the end of the 69 weeks, he suspended it for a period of time. We're in a gap period now. But the time is coming when he's going to start that clock again. And he has six purposes that he wants to accomplish among the Jewish people. And he's going to wrap those up during the tribulation. He's going to bring about the salvation of a great remnant. Uh, yes, he's going to deal with Gentile nations, but his fundamental purpose is to focus on the Jewish people. I think, you know, I think this the church age began with an overlap period. Uh, when when uh, the church was established like in 30 A.D., and it wasn't until four, uh, 70 A.D., 40 years later, that God 
poured out His wrath upon the Jewish people, scattered them all over the world, and began to focus on getting His message out through the church. I think we are in an overlap period now at the end of the church age where God has regathered the Jewish people, got them back to where He wants them to be, and He is ready now to take us out and work with the Jews. Focus again on the Jews. What would you say then, those are two of them, is yeah. those the strongest arguments for, or no. do you have one you particularly are? Well, I think the strongest argument in behalf of a pre-trib rapture is eminency. Which I mentioned before, but uh, the Bible again just says over and over the rapture is imminent. It's imminent. It, can, it says we are to live looking for the coming of the Lord. We're to live with an eternal perspective. We expect the Lord to come any moment. We're to be prepared. It says it over and over. Well, why should I expect the Lord to come any moment if I don't believe in a rapture that could occur any moment? If I only believe in the second coming, there's too many prophecies that have to be fulfilled. Oh yeah, especially in Matthew 24 where, where the Lord says to, to keep watch, to yeah. keep ready. You're, you're kind of like a, a person in a home and you're waiting for your children to come visit you. You put the porch light on, you look, you don't know exactly when they're coming, but you know they're coming. Whereas the second coming, yeah. you know exactly when they're coming because the events and the dates line up. Well, let me give you guys a question. Okay. okay. And that's one that hit me with all the time. And that is, uh, people will say, okay, you say the church is going to be gone during the tribulation. Well, how do you explain the fact that all through the book of Revelation, there's reference to saints. Well, I think that what we look at in Revelation is in the first three chapters of Revelation, obviously there's much focus on the church, the seven churches. I'm talking about the tribulation. I know, during the tribulation. So, in chapter 4, John is called up to heaven, and it talks about saints who will come to know Christ during the tribulation period. We know that there will be people who still put their faith in Jesus Christ. They will be hunted out, and many of them killed and martyred by the Antichrist and by his minions. But there will be some who will come to know Christ during the tribulation. But the church itself is not referenced again. So you're saying that the saints in the book of Revelation that are referred to during the tribulation are people who come to Christ during the tribulation? The ones that are here on earth. Right. Yes. How can they come to Christ if the church is gone? They can't. They're all going to die. <laughs> no, of course not. That, that's not how the Lord no, works. Oh no, no! But what that's what that—that's the argument you get. You're like, well, without the church, they're all going to go to hell. Oh yeah, as if the church is the key for anyone's salvation. Right. What do you talk? How do you explain the Old Testament? It's always been faith in God, and the Lord is going to provide. And it is the Holy Spirit who Absolutely. will still be here, not indwelling through the church. But there would be no one come to salvation. Yeah, but how does the Holy Spirit the Holy work Spirit? through well, in the tribulation? You've got obviously all the materials. Hopefully, you're somebody after the rapture or watching this show they and say, "That's book. it." They might find that book. Hopefully there's all the materials. They'll right. see the rapture and say, "You know, I heard about that rapture thing." Oh no! There's also going to be the two witnesses that the Lord will put in Jerusalem for three and a who half the world years, will hate. and the world will hate, but they would do miraculous thing like the Old Testament and prophets. They call in people to repentance. I mean, Tim, you. Talk about the two witnesses all the time. The two witnesses, uh, well, we'll have angels that will be broadcasting yeah. to the whole earth the gospel uh -huh. message. And so we have many ways that the Lord will continue to. In fact, the wrath of God itself will bring some people oh, yeah. to sure. And 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Exactly. Oh, so Lord. by the end of the tribulation, everybody will know about God. Matter of fact, you could hear at the end of the seal judgments, they're crying out for the wrath of the Lamb to stop. They know exactly where that wrath is coming from. So everybody on the planet will know about Jesus or not. There will be no exception. Man will be without excuse during that time. So Amen. that even when God is pouring out His wrath, He is ministering grace in the sense that He is Absolutely. You know, calling it, people to Jesus. Exactly so. When the Lord sent Jonah to go and preach a message of yeah. wrath and destruction to Nineveh, there was still an element of mercy because when they repented, the Lord relented. And the same thing happened. Uh, of course, Habakkuk wanted just a little outpouring of wrath, and the Lord said, Well, actually, I'm going to pour out a whole lot of wrath. And Habakkuk said, Well, Lord, please, in wrath, remember mercy. 
which and I just have to, he always does because that is the character of God. Even in wrath, there is a motivation to want people to return to him. And so when we punish our own children, it's not for vindictiveness, it's to correct and to restore. God would always like people to be restored to a proper relationship with him. Right. Many will not, but some will. And I love the example that you always use is that will a man beat up his, his fiance for seven years and then she'd be willing to marry him. That's not how God works. I mean, you can look in the Old Testament, you can see Enoch was raptured before the flood. You could see that, that Rahab was, was raptured, Noah was taken out of the flood. Then you've got uh, Elijah taken up to heaven. Again and again, there's examples of the rapture in the Bible. There is a rapture in the Bible, right? In the book of Revelation? Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you mentioned those examples because those are very important. You know, when it came to the uh, first time that God poured out His wrath on all the earth with the flood, he took Enoch out first. Enoch was a Gentile. That's Enoch right. was a, a type of the church. And he took, he took Noah and his family through uh, the period through. like he's going to take a remnant of the Jews through the tribulation. And with Lot, he took the family out before Rahab. He took the, uh, Rahab out before he poured out his wrath. And Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4-9, through 9, he says, God knows how to rescue the godly from tribulation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. Excellent verse. So, we have a lot of, we have a pattern here we that, do. that God follows you. I like what Nathan just said. There is an example of a rapture in Revelation itself. John is told to come up here and he was snatched away, almost using the very same language that we talked about earlier with rapture, up to heaven to witness all the things yes, that Yes, and I think that's place. a type, symbolic type of the rapture sure because the first three chapters of the book of Revelation focus on the church. They're all about the church. And then suddenly, chapter 4, John's taken up to heaven, a door opens, he goes up. No more mention of the church until the very last chapter of Revelation. When they return with Christ to witness His glorious appearance yeah. on earth so He can reign. Right. Well, I'm uh, curious because a lot of people who believe that the rapture occurs at the end of the tribulation, the word is called post-tribulation rapture believers, they make particular arguments for the rapture and the second coming being one and the same. What are your arguments against that? Yeah, well, that? that's what we call the yo-yo rapture. Yo-yo? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the idea is you take them up to meet Jesus in the sky and immediately, immediately return uh, at the second coming. And why, uh, why the make a lot of work? sense. But uh, there, is a, uh, there is an argument, there are many arguments against that. Uh, for one thing, there is no imminency, uh, if, if you believe in that. Uh, secondly, though, a very important argument, I'd like for you to explain it. And that is, where does the population for the uh, millennium come okay. from? Okay, well, let's back up Explain a little that. then. If yeah. I asked you the question, but look at that. He bounces yeah, the right back to us again, doesn't I love he? It. Okay, well. See, good Jewish teachers always <laughs> ask. Uh, yes, Rabbi, well, you are an honorary rabbi. Rabbi Reagan. Okay. Well, we know at the end of the tribulation, the survivors of the tribulation will be brought into what's called the sheep goat judgment in Matthew 25. The Lord will bring whatever's left, and there's not much, of the people to the valley of Jehoshaphat and judge them. Those who rejected God, took the mark of the beast, they will be considered the goats. They will go on the left side. Those who are the sheep, they're the righteous. They accepted Christ. They will go on the right. They're the ones that are allowed to go into the, uh, excuse me, the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Jesus on this earth, and procreate and have children. Now, in their mortal bodies. In their mortal yeah. bodies, and that's we an excellent who have point. We've been part of the church. Will be translated in the twinkling of an eye and get our glorified body when the church is raptured. But they will not receive a glorified body. And what did Jesus they... say about glorified bodies? They're like the angels, right? Yes. They can't procreate. And I think that's the biggest argument against the uh, post-trib rapture view is if everybody is raptured to heaven and then comes back and there's nobody 
in order to go into the millennial kingdom and the earthly bodies, who's to repopulate the planet? That's and right. that's, I think, the, the Achilles heel of the post-tribulation oh, it, argument. It absolutely is. It absolutely because you just don't have a population for the millennium. You don't. Absolutely. And it doesn't make sense, too. Again, why would the Lord leave the church to be beat up? As some people will say, purified. Why does the church have to be well, purified I'm during the tribulation? I'm glad you raised that point because that, that turns the tribulation into a Protestant uh, purgatory. A purgatory. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. no. you're saying the church needs to be sanctified. The church needs to be purified and cleansed. So, we're going to go through all this wrath and be clean. Listen, the blood of Jesus is sufficient. Exactly. First John right. 1, right? The blood it of covers Jesus. all of our impurities. Yes. And that's why when God looks upon any one of us individually that's or the right. church in general, He doesn't see us in our imperfection, in our sin nature. That's right. He sees Hallelujah. us with the blood of Christ. <laughs> That's, exactly. a, that's a, a sad thing, too, to think that the church needs to be beat up by God yes. in order to purify itself. Uh, you know, it's a very anger against the church for being human, for, for being wayward at times, for working out our sanctification. And to think that God would expect perfection from His church before He'll take them to heaven is not a biblical concept. No, it's not. Well, I, uh, I love the fact that uh, when you're at our annual conference, uh, we had Ron Rhodes speaking. Oh, excellent. And Ron yeah. was talking about this problem of, of people believing that the second coming was the same thing as the rapture and that the church was going to go through. And he said, you know, when, when Paul talked about the rapture in 1 Thessalonians 4, he ended by saying, uh, you know, bless one another with this. It's, just, it's a blessing to yes. think about. Comfort one another. Comfort one another. Comfort. Yeah. He says, well, let's think about this concept of them being the same thing. He said, that means. Brethren, you're going to go through the tribulation. You're going to be persecuted. <laughs> you're going to be tortured. Yeah. You're going to be slaughtered. You're going to see your children tortured and slaughtered. And then at the very end, after you've been beat up and most people have died, the Lord's going to come comfort one another with these <laughs> words. He said, folks, it doesn't work. That doesn't no, work. No, no, it's not the comfort is before God's... <laughs> well, speaking of 1 Thessalonians 4, and that's the key passage for the rapture, is that the only place in the New Testament, we've oh. talked about Revelation, oh. the only place that you would point to for the rapture's reference? Uh, Jesus talks about the rapture in John 14, yes. which is one of the great passages where He talks about, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, and then I'll come and take you to that place. Uh, uh, Paul talks about the rapture in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, he talks about how uh, in the twinkling of an eye we'll be taken out. And uh, uh, so, they're, they're all through the New Testament there's con uh, concepts of the rapture. Yeah. Well, I agree that even in the first two sermons that Peter preached, he was talking about an eminence of Jesus' return and pointing toward that, uh, that glorious rapture of the church. In 1 Peter 1, 13, he says, Prepare your minds for action, keep sober in spirit, fix your hope completely it's on eminence. grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we are looking forward to that revelation of Him coming for the church and then returning in glory. Well, we only have a minute left, so let me ask you a quick question here. As a parent, I have a special needs son. I know people have babies and children. We know to be saved, to be part of the church, you have to be saved. Well, what about children who have yet to accept the Lord? What about babies in the wombs? Will they participate in the rapture? Uh, if their mother is a, is a believer. I the believe mother. the children of believers. Now, I'm talking about the, the minor children. The minor children of believers, I believe, will be taken out in the rapture. And I go into great detail about that in there. I do not believe that children of non-believers will be taken because there is no example in the Bible of God pouring out His wrath and sparing children of non-believers. It's just not there. And uh, so, I think that the, the minor children of believers will be taken out with their parents. 
that is a comfort to many of our watchers, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I don't think God's going to take out the parents and leave the children behind to worship, uh, to, to be tormented. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. Okay. Okay. Well, folks, that's our program for the week. I hope it has been a blessing to you, and I hope, Lord willing, that you will be back with us next week. Until then, this is Tim Moore speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries, saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.